what could we do uh, at, in the client's org that we're not doing today that we could potentially do better? Welcome to the Hyper Engage podcast. We are so happy to have you along our journey. Here, we uncover bits of knowledge from some of the greatest minds in tech. We unearth the hows, whys, and whats that drive the tech of today. Welcome to the movement. Hey, greetings, everybody. This is Adil from Hyper Engage Podcast. I have uh, AJ with me. He's uh, the VP of Customer Success at Optima. Thank you very much, AJ, for taking the time. A bit about uh, Optima. Optima is, uh, is a Salesforce partner. They provide a managed service for implementation, uh, change management, end-to-end uh, you know, process management uh, for different industries, such as manufacturing and uh, you know, oil and gas, a lot of range of different uh, customers. We'll explore more. Thank you very much for taking the time. Absolutely. Excited to be here. Appreciate you having me. Love that. So you mentioned uh, backstage, uh, it's more of a Salesforce partner. Uh, we talked to a lot of uh, you know SaaS businesses, a lot of service-based businesses that are doing Salesforce management. Um, they have licensed uh, advisors. They have, uh, you know, they are pretty much an authorized partner for Salesforce. I'm sure there are a bunch of others too. So how did you guys uh, started your journey as a business if you just talk about Optima? Yeah, it's it's quite interesting. Um, even though we we are a Salesforce partner now um, and, and we very much do operate as a startup, we're what I like to call a 15-year-old startup. We've been uh, in the tech space for 15 years, but we haven't been a Salesforce partner for the, for the entirety of that time. Uh, we used to work in legacy technologies, so um, always in the CPQ world and the, and, and the service field service world. Um, some legacy technologies that we used to specialize in were Aptis and ServiceMax. About four years ago, um, some of the executives uh, at Aptis, they, they left and they said, hey, you guys have domain expertise that doesn't exist today in the Salesforce ecosystem. Um, we want to actually bring you guys in here. And, and, and those conversations started with our two co-founders. They decided to make a, a pretty large leap of faith to cut ties with their old partnerships and jump into the Salesforce ecosystem. Um, since then, uh, it's 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 been uh, scaling um, at at hyperspeed. Essentially, they hired a CEO. They brought in a brand new leadership team. I was actually the first hire after the CEO, um, and it's been it's been a rocket ship since. Mm, very interesting. Very interesting. So uh, tell us uh, our audience too, because a lot of uh, these folks that we spoke to, they are using professional services for data integration, data operations, uh, a lot of uh, their infrastructure change management, uh, because it, it, it is one time and they don't have expertise and they can retain uh, that kind of expertise in-house as well. So that's why they mostly uh, hire professional uh, services. So, uh, you, know, in a, you know, I would say in a B2B, SMB to mid-market segment, how do you uh, how do you, what kind of use cases do you see uh, in, in, in an IT company more towards commercial businesses, uh, more towards that, like maintenance, installation? Uh, uh, we've spoken to a lot of, uh, uh, I would say, hardware devices uh, that, you know, companies that are providing hardware, uh, data integration services as well. So how do you see these use cases? Because I'm trying to uh, jump into Salesforce later because I... I know it gets complicated for a lot of functions. Uh, does Optima serve the best? Yeah, so it's interesting because uh, it's not until recently that we started to uh, purposefully uh, focus on an industry. 
before it was, hey, we're really good at CPQ and we're really good at field service and we're we're good at bringing the two together at the end to to something that that equals revenue. Um, and that we by focusing on those products, we saw the pull towards certain industries. And in the beginning, it was a lot of med device on the field service asset management side. And on the CPQ side, we saw a lot of high tech subscription based models. Um, now we're seeing companies that use both, you know, revenue is the end goal for both, you know, changing service from a cost center into a revenue generation center is the focus of a lot of industries right now. So our focus has been heavily pushing towards manufacturing and auto and oil and gas. And, and, and that's where the calling is. And when you follow the Salesforce platform, a lot of the new product lines that they're offering, such as manufacturing cloud, automobile cloud, uh, we seem to be in a prime space because we have that legacy domain expertise to bring to the market. Mm -hmm. Lovely, very interesting because, uh, you know, we spoke to Motive team and Motive, I'm sure you're familiar with, uh, you know, the team, they have the electronic login device, the hardware server, they're working with trucking companies. And uh, back then they had this challenge of, you know, implementation of, you know, integration of all of their devices across different regions. And uh, this becomes very, very complicated in, in industries such as this. Uh, and same goes for manufacturing and our gas. So now I would really appreciate because this is kind of new. So I'm also learning uh, about, you know, Salesforce management and their cloud services that are more driven, driven and, and tied to the revenue. So now talking about uh, a business in manufacturing, could you explain a case of it? Like how you basically onboard uh, that customer? What kind of challenges that you go through and uh, what kind of uh, integration that come into play or the resources allocated? What does the process uh, look like for a manufacturing customer? Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you. So for us, um, I would say the ideal customer is someone who has uh, some sort of product that needs to be quoted uh, or configured and then quoted and that needs to happen quickly. And then that that product is then going to go out in the field and it's going to be serviced. And then we want to enable sales organizations to eventually uh, be revenue generating, right? That's the end goal of, of what we're good at. Um, I would say the onboarding is, is it, it really depends, right? Um, because of what we do at Optima, it's end-to-end -end implementation. We have different practices that handle the implementation or the project delivery side. We have a different practice that handles the advisory and the change management piece to it. And then there's my side of the business, which is the managed services, which is the ongoing care after the implementation. Um, now, my goal is typically to onboard them as a managed services customer on day one when they're when they're going through their implementation with the, with the rest of the organization to help prepare them for ongoing success afterwards. So we like to do a customer roadmap from the start. Um, to the end and and make sure that somewhere along the lines managed services is 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 a layer to the project. So uh, obviously our customers are, are ones that uh, either, are either focused on the CPQ side or the field service side. The larger ones typically use both. And that's where we're seeing a lot of a lot of our, our business today. So uh, an organization that has a product that needs to be configured, priced and quoted, that then that that product then physically goes out into the field and then has to be maintained and managed. Um, and then there, it's we call that an infinity loop. It comes back around and turns back into a revenue generation piece to it. Um, so at Optima, we do the implementations for CPQ, billing, field service, asset management, that piece of it. Then there's the there's a separate practice that does change management and advisory. Uh, my practice is, or the customer success practice, is focused on managed services, which is the layer of ongoing support and value added to the customer in a, in a long-term capacity. Um, 
most of the time um, where, where we step in is around UAT or post go live of a project to come in and help support transition the client, help, help with some change management activities, but really just enable the end users afterwards to help support with backlog items that may have popped up during the implementation. Um, uh, and this is where we really try to advise the client at our value add. Um, what the goal of the organization of my of, of my side of the business is to start managed services earlier on. So on day one, as they're starting the implementation, my team should ideally be onboarded to help as a layer to the project team. Mm -hmm. Okay, and when you talk about quality assurance as a service, like uh, you know, it, it it becomes complicated when it uh, when it is uh, in oil and gas. I can only imagine. So how does does an energy sector you ensure the quality of delivered service? And of course, you're maintaining it. You're uh, maintaining the the revenue cycle as well as uh, you know their their entire uh, development and configuration cycle. Uh, configuration cycle, not the development. So how does the quality assurance uh, as a service that you guys like? You have a team that it does it. Like how does the process look like? Yeah, I think. Um the the answer to that is is a little bit more complicated um because the the qa as a service is a subset of the managed services that we offer um and our managed services has a standard um uh, project team that's that's dedicated to it so so one thing that's unique about us um it, in, with the size of the consultancy that we are is that we have a dedicated team that only does managed services so the you know the goal is that twenty percent of the company is doing managed services work. They're only doing managed services. They're not doing project work. So the teams that are dedicated to these projects involve a CSM who's you know overseeing the account. They're they're in charge of the relationship. They're they're in charge of you know all the right people on the account of, of the customer journey. Then there's a lead consultant who sits as kind of the in-house solution architect, helps guide the technical roadmap. And then underneath them, we have what's called the flexible consultant team. And those are people that we can bring in and out as needed, depending on the work that's needed at any given time. So that could be configuration mm -hmm. engineers, that could be developers, integration experts, and depending then depending on the use case. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Got it. Got it. I'm also uh, looking at your professional services. Like when you talk about operational ex excellence, uh, for you know, if we would appreciate if you could just uh, explain a case of one customer, how does the entire managed service workflow goes along their journey, uh, starting from onboarding? So that would help us, uh, you know, understand our audience, understand the entire life cycle of the customer. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, like I said, the even though we we would like to uh, start most of our customers with managed services on day one, so let's assume that that happens, and and they decide to go through a let's say a revenue plan implementation with us. On day one, my team is onboarded uh, alongside the project team. So we work hand in hand. And at that point, we might only just do QA. At that point, maybe the CSM and the lead consultant only joins executive steering committee meetings just to build that relationship with the customer, understand what's happening on the project work. And they might actually help build that backlog of enhancements that, that customers are asking for, but isn't necessarily in scope today for the, for the project that's ongoing. Once we get closer to UAT go live, that's where my team starts to ramp up and we start taking on more of the work for the customer. It's it's a lower cost solution, so it benefits them. Um, but then also the, the team that's doing some of this longer term work, they're, they're there to stay. Our managed services contracts are typically one to five years long. So the goal isn't that we're only extended hypercare, it's that we're there to provide operational excellence, like you, like you said, right? 
Uh, post go live, that's where we really typically ramp up the, the managed services account. So that's where, um, you know, of course, we're, we're helping put out any usual fires that may or may not happen post go live. Um, there might be some extra training that the customer wasn't prepared for that maybe they didn't purchase managed services. Um, there might be some larger enhancements that, uh, you know, didn't fit into phase one and isn't necessarily large enough to be a phase two, but, they, you know, it, it'll solve the needs of the business. At that point, the CSM and the lead consultant are working hand in hand to make sure that the right people are on the account, we're having the right conversations, and that we're building at on day one of the managed services start. Throughout the managed services mm -hmm. engagement, let's assume that that's one year, you have weekly touch points. And those weekly touch points are essentially just status meetings. This is what we've accomplished. This is what your utilizations look like. Um, this, is, this is what we think you should do. Um, but beyond that, we have larger conversations. We call them quarterly business reviews, you know, typical. Mm -hmm. We we try to bring in our other people from our team. So that's where we might pull in other people from from advisory. Someone, you know, it might be a business process person that that, that we bring in, it might be an integration expert that we come in. These are these larger conversations mm. we're having on the back mm. the team on the floor might be doing some sort of org health check. So what what could we do uh, at, in the client's org that we're not doing today that we could potentially do better? Uh, and at that mm. point, involve the partners, right? So we might involve Salesforce, we might involve ServiceMax or MuleSoft or wherever our partners might be on the account. We might say on your side, you know, how are you, how, what's going on with you? What's your visibility look like with the client? Where are their needs? Where mm. are their gaps? How can we work cohesively to deliver a holistic solution to the customer and not just accomplish work we don't want to be ticket takers at the end of say what we recommend this is our best approach this is this is the best mm -hmm. practice so got it when you bringing a piece of advisory to many services mm -hmm. and and that can be a, a highly valued like let's say uh there are some roadblocks and friction points who knows some of sometimes they're pretty much unprecedented and you have professionals third-party uh professionals uh you know advisors on board that can help uh, them get through that, uh, you know, that phase and, you know, you, you get, get, get the customer in the flow. Uh, now, are you guys, uh, you know, suggesting or having any additional stack that you suggest to your customers or have them integrate, or it's just that, you know, you're working inside their systems, doing all the business system management, making sure they get uh, the value out of it. And it's, you know, they get, it's all about revenue, you know, they're meeting their revenue goals. So are you also suggesting any kind of additional tech stack that they may need to elevate uh, this entire uh, process? Yeah, I mean, the short answer is yes. Um, uh, we we have a select group of partners that we've identified fill in the gaps where Salesforce you know, may not be there yet or they might not see it yet. Okay. Um, there, there, are, there are tools, um, like Zillions, Zillions is a great one that I like to call out that, that, we, that we typically use for for manufacturing use cases. Um, MuleSoft as our integration tool of choice is something that we call out often. Um, but but more than that, we we try not to focus um, on the technology in the beginning, right? So obviously like consultants are, are, are what we are at heart. So um, really driving the question, our team from the start is is equipped to, to handle a conversation of what is the actual problem here that we're trying to solve, right? So zooming mm -hmm. out the technology aside, what's the, what's the business process look like? Is this a potential business issue or is this a te technology issue um and then you mm -hmm. know there are some other apps and tools that we like to suggest that we're not necessarily partners with but whatever's best for the client those conversations are absolutely happening yeah mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. okay so uh you mentioned MuleSoft, right yeah so MuleSoft, they also have uh their system for for process automation 
like uh, they're working on the back end alongside these uh, you know robotic process automations like RPA. So are you also uh, you know a lot of these enterprise uh, customers they have their repetitive tasks or operations that they don't know they can automate. So do you also provide like all RPA solutions? Do you have consultants on the line for those uh, problems? Yeah, so absolutely. We have a technical architecture practice that handles integrations, and that's where our our, our, our MuleSoft SMEs live. Um, mm -hmm. I, I don't know if I mentioned, but our typical customer is upper mid-market, lower enterprise. So um, mm -hmm. be fully transparent on the managed services side. On my side of the business, I haven't seen a lot of support for MuleSoft yet. I have seen um, the need for integration fixes and things like that. But but if, it, if it's a larger discovery, um, we're that requires integration strategy. That's where we'll pull in a technical architecture practice and we'll have a separate conversation. And we'll do what's mm -hmm. called a mini project where the managed services mm -hmm. might be involved, but we're gonna pull in people from a different mm -hmm. practice and we'll run this as a end-to-end -end practice, separate statement of work with a due deliverable at the end. Okay, got it, got it. So you mentioned that you basically indicate risk, friction points uh, to fill in the gaps and all. So how do you manage all of this information? Like, uh, I'm sure it's pretty much high touch, but does it get translated to the right people via system or any kind of uh, platform or source of truth you have centralized, unified? Yeah, so that is entirely the CSM's job. It's very, very high touch, but but the majority of their job is, is relationship building, absolutely. Um, mm -hmm. But they're incentivized on retention and how much value they can add. Um, so mm -hmm. we have we have weekly meetings with the team, uh, you know, all the way down, and it and it's all about what value are you bringing to the customer today. So it doesn't matter mm -hmm. whether it's a statement of work or not, but but what information are we bringing to the table? What people are we bringing to the right meetings? Where are we identifying the gaps to potentially potentially at least address the solution with the customer to make sure that we're the mm -hmm. ones to saying, hey, we see this gap. We might not have the people or the tools to fix it. We might have the people or tools to fix it, but either way, we're letting you know it's here. And, and this is our plan and our best approach, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. So, I mean, I know it's pretty hard to, you know, of course, it's a part of GTM frameworks. It is pretty hard to package it around. So would you be open to share, like, what kind of uh, price points you have starting off uh, for for upmarket to lower enterprise uh, customer? You know, a lot of these uh, SaaS platforms, they have, they're looking for professional services. They're looking to uh, partner up with uh, platforms that are Salesforce first, and they are partners and they have dedicated team uh, to resolve uh, enterprise, uh, you know, problems regarding, regarding operations, integrations, data management, all of that. So do you have anything that you can share regarding the price points? Yeah. So managed services is a capacity-based model, and it's a flexible consumption mm -hmm. model, meaning that mm -hmm. you're paying for a partial team and you're you're able to utilize that fit for the length of your term right so um uh, with that fractional team our our plans can start as small as 90k ish um go mm -hmm. up to you know um into seven eight figures it really depends mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. on on the size of the team that's needed right so i have customers that they want a fractional they're not ready to hire an admin they're small Upper SMB, lower lower mid market customer. Um, they can't hire mm -hmm. an admin. They just they just implemented field service. And I you know if you look in the, in the market today, hiring a field service consultant is you're going to pay 150 200k a year, right? But they don't want to pay that, mm -hmm. so they'll buy a fractional portion of the team for someone who can support that. Um, now the pros of that mm -hmm. are 
we'll give you the field service expert. Um, but then next year, when it's time for you to implement CPQ, um, and, and now your your real needs are a CPQ admin and a field service admin, you know, it doesn't mean that you have to go drop three, 400K on, on, on two people, pay for the onboarding, the potential loss, the lack of documentation, the, the, the single work stream that you'd have from an admin when you can have the team where we can switch out the resources as needed, make sure that the lead consultant and the CSM stay as your main points of contact and that you have... Mm -hmm have multiple work streams with the with the capacity that that, that you've subscribed to mm -hmm. very interesting very interesting. do you also have like on-prem solutions for a lot of your customers that want somebody uh working hands-on inside the team because a lot of these are can be legacy platforms so they're not so tech savvy so you gotta make sure that you have one person dedicated to that like a lot of it companies here do that too yeah they have dedicated on-prem uh consultants so do you do that too as a part of your service um i i won't say that that we do that um i won't say it's it's our it's our go-to-market strategy for, for for us to be a body shop staff hog mm -hmm. i will say that it's mm -hmm. often that people do want our people a long time and they specifically ask for resources so we'll do what we can to mm -hmm. best accommodate that um mm -hmm. we, we do a partnership with with salesforce as well where we provide bodies for their professional services um, as a partner. Mm. Um, and in those situations, we'll, we'll staff people typically remote. It's it's not often that we'll go on site, but we will for an onboarding, um, an escalation, mm -hmm. BR, things like that. When the customer needs us to go on, on site, we, we absolutely can. Um, but but beyond that, the goal isn't for us to, you know, throw a body, at, you know, at a company across across the state somewhere. And um, uh, I, I don't think that's our goal. That's not our strategy. Um, we want very much to be one Optima, the people who work here, work here, they feel the culture, they feel the love, they're, mm -hmm. they're growing, they're scaling with the company. So, um, uh, you know, I would say the GSIs have that side of the market, um, but 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 we do what we can. Got it, got it. So on the expansion side, like business, uh, uh, I would say growth and expansion into Europe. I, I see there are big players like ServiceNow, uh, some other platforms to big financial services uh, industry is pretty much untapped. So do you guys also thinking of, uh, you know, capturing that kind of market too? Yeah, yeah. So it's 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 funny. I know we started the conversation with manufacturing oil and gas, but those are two relatively new focuses for us. Um, so we just mm -hmm. started, um, we started seeing more manufacturing customers last year. We realized a lot of what we had done in the past was manufacturing. We just didn't focus on that industry. Um, mm -hmm. And we see that because of the leadership team that we've built and because of the products that we specialize in, there's a use case that can be solved using CPQ and field service um, that exists in oil and gas. Um, mm. We decided, you know, as a leadership team to go to market and create a delivery center in Canada two years ago. Um, and that's, you know, there's obviously a large oil and gas play there. And so I, I think naturally that's where we're headed towards for, you know, 23 and 24. Um, mm -hmm. I, I, I won't say that, you know, anything besides that, it, you know, makes sense for us. Um, mm -hmm. again, we, we, we are very focused and for us to say, Hey, we want to focus on a marketing cloud or a different skill set would take, you know, a lot of strategic mm -hmm. conversations and yes. really have to focus on that. But that's, that's, that's not something that we we've done in the past. Mm -hmm. Okay. Very interesting. So AJ, one last thing, like regarding the team and growth, I'm sure you have pretty uh, decent team working alongside you. So what kind of training initiative have you guys taken? Not just about professional development, personal development, because at, at the end of the day, it comes down to 
the work ethic, how bad, how bad they want it, how much they're brought in, uh, their character, all of that. So I'm sure you cannot sustain, uh, you know, your operations and all of that without professional training. That's the part of uh, the play. But what, what, what about personal development? Yeah, I will focus that, focus my answer to the CSM role. Um, I think tech consultants in, in general, that's a very, that's a large question. And at Optima, we have our values. We, you know, we have our hiring recs that we, that we focus on just like any other company. But for the CSM role, I think it's a really unique role. And that drives the business of, that drives my business, right? Mm -hmm. um, I, I like, I like to hire CSMs from a background in hospitality or retail. Um, I think it takes mm -hmm. a specific type of person that's entrepreneurial, that has the relationship building aspect to it, high EQ, um, that you can't always find. Uh, when I looked for CSMs in the past, a lot of what I got were, were product-based CSMs because that is the majority of the market. And um, I, I, what I tend to notice is that they're, they're focused a little bit too much on the technology rather than the relationship. Um, so, so for me, finding, you know, we, we partner with a lot of... Um, uh, military transitioning organizations. So Veterinary, Salesforce Military, hiring our heroes through the Department of Defense. I find veterans make fantastic CSMs. So they have the, the organizational skills. They have, you know, the ability to, to you know, just get stuff done with, with a lot of ambiguity. Um, and mm -hmm. um, building relationships is just inherent to, uh, you mm -hmm. know, it overseas and, and making the best out of out of the out of your time there right so so um mm. for us you know retail hospitality military that's that that's been the focus of of people development for me mm. great i love that this veteran part of us so let's explore more uh touch just a couple of minutes so now uh you know I, i'm sure my father is a soldier too so i'm a son of a soldier from military family so uh, we have so many people that we spoke, you know, uh, Naval SEAL, you know, all these military veterans. I'm a part of big military community out in Texas. So I was thinking that, of course, from the mindset development side, the mental strength and, uh, you know, managing the conflicts or, you know, finding the resolutions, they are absolutely good. What kind of other ingredients you find that are different to a lot of uh, CSM that, let's say, have experience in the customer-facing roles and, uh you know how you can set them apart as as someone uh, from a military background, and that has some you know gifts. What kind of gifts that that you can share uh, around those? Because this can be very really, uh, interesting for these people. Yeah, yeah, I would say it's uh, honestly it's a combination of of hunger and grit. So grit is mm -hmm. value that that we focus on at Optima as a whole, but but we notice. Also, 40% of them are, you know, ex-military or military spouses, right? So there's a large mm -hmm. military community at Optima. Um, and, and we did that on purpose, right? Um, it, it, just, it just makes sense when, when we were started working with some of these transitioning programs that um, you can throw anything at a veteran or military spouse. And they, they're, they're used to change. They're used to ambiguity. Um, and a customer might say they want X, but, uh, you know, a veteran's going to come to them and they're going to say, Here's X Y Z for you, um, and, and and here's here's my preference, and and you know, uh, here here are some additional options, but this is this is the way that I think that you should potentially go. So, it's it's being able to to foresee, um, uh, foresee the questions before they even come up, right? Um, it's dealing with ambiguity. I you know as as you know a high performing leader, and and you know I have someone who runs the practice underneath me where. 
constantly be pulled in a thousand different directions as, as most leaders and startups do. Right. Um, but being able to just deal with ambiguity and say, Hey, this thing is happening right now. Here's the large problem. And I'm going to, I'm going to enable you and, and trust you to come up with a solution and then present it back to me. Um, the work coming out of that ambiguity is, is, is top notch. Mm. Amazing. Amazing. So now what kind of roles you have open, uh, right now for the, uh, for the customer facing team, your own team managed service, and uh, professional services or any role that you have pertaining, uh, pertaining to um, the customer facing uh, teams, be it support, technical support, customer success, sales, all these SDRs, BRs, uh, BDRs, like business development managers, any role that you have open and what kind of uh, skill set or experience you're looking at for people to listen and uh, see if they, if they can see themselves the best fit. Yeah, absolutely. We have we're we're essentially hiring for everything. We are we're growing rapidly, and um, you know some some of the, the the more experienced roles are we're looking for a CLM practice director. We're a DocuSign partner, right? Um, we're looking for a bunch of account directors, so so sales uh, mm -hmm. as well as BDRs. The BDR function does not exist at Optima today. That's something we want to yeah. focus on. Yeah. Um, on on my team, we need technical leads, so people who have a a uh, very specific understanding to either CPQ or field service who can help. Um, mentor, train, manage teams, but then also be SMEs on projects. Um, mm -hmm. And then, you know, uh, I would even add QA leads there. So some of the projects that we're selling nowadays are, are uh, more enterprise focused, more multi-phase focused. So having QA leads mm -hmm. help drive process, mm -hmm. um, you know, uh, mm -hmm. there's, there's people with DevOps backgrounds, welcome to apply, integration background, welcome to apply. Uh, we're, because of manufacturing, we're starting to see a focus in in uh, Tableau. Um, CRM analytics is 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 mm -hmm. a part of the manufacturing cloud, or or mm -hmm. consistently sold with manufacturing cloud, and uh, we're, mm -hmm. we're we're realizing that that the talent there is you know there there's a gap, and we we should probably focus on that. So so uh, mm -hmm. I would say we're hiring everywhere. Uh, check the website, mm -hmm. shoot me mm -hmm. a message on LinkedIn. I'm happy to happy to point you in the right direction. Great, great. Thank you very much for explaining all of this and. Uh, I'm sure it's, I mean, as you evolve and uh, in these different industries, let's say manufacturing, it's an entire different world. Oil and gas, like energy, like we have friends doing recruitment and out in Houston, that's a home for energy sector, like Houston, Texas is it's so big at it. And they are, it's been like six months, they're looking for three resources. Yeah. Uh, and, and they're just a handful of companies and handful of uh, talent. And it's so hard to get uh, the top notch talents uh, in oil and gas yeah. or, you know, control, uh, control engineers and, you know, all these uh, machine uh, machine engineers. There are so many roles uh, that they spoke to uh, about us. It's, it's pretty odd. So thank you very much, AJ, for sharing all of this. I'm sure uh, once this episode will go up and people that are relevant listening to it would definitely uh, come up and share with your audiences and uh, it, it will go a long way and uh, I really appreciate one more time that you've been such an educator I've learned a lot from you uh, you know I was I, I mean more on the CRM side I was well aware of Salesforce because I have a B2B SaaS product we are integrating Salesforce segment all of this but when it comes to cloud when it comes to you know all these military uh, you know uh, these kind of components of Salesforce I was not as well aware of it so thank you very much for educating me and uh, helping me learn. Absolutely, it was it was great to be here, and uh, feel free to reach out anytime. Sure. Have a good rest of your day, Ajit. Thanks. You too, Adiel. Bye bye. Bye bye. Thank you so very much for staying with us on the episode. Please share your feedback at adil at hyperengage.io. We definitely need it. 
Uh, we will see you next time with another guest on the stage with some concrete tips on how to operate better as a customer success leader and how you can empower engagements with some building some meaningful relationships. We qualify people for the episode just to make sure we bring the value to the listeners. Do reach us out if you want to refer any CS leader. Until next time, goodbye and have a good rest of your day.